Please be advised. He's back. Really? Don't blame me. It's not my fault. Podcast that's the literal definition of insanity with the host that will drive you completely insane. And as always, no flamingos allowed. Hey everyone, it's Momo. A lot of you are probably wondering where the hell have I been? And for those new folks, who is this guy? Well, we're going to go into what I've been doing for the last couple of months, why I canceled the last podcast and trying to do it again. Stay tuned for that and a lot, lot more. So buckle up, hang on tight, because we're in for a bit of a ride. Oh yeah, Filbert's here too. Gee, thanks. Ready? Well, let's get started. starting to get a gist of what the theme for today's podcast might be. One of those themes is going to be talking about toxic people and finding a way to deal with them. So on that note, I'm going to go through what I used to do in my other podcast, and I usually start off with a quote of the day. Today's quote of the day comes from an anonymous source. Don't let negative and toxic people rent space in your head. Raise the rent and kick them out. This is where you go back and say to yourself, if I knew then, would I know now? But coming up next is my Week in Review. All right, let's jump right into it. Where the hell have I been? Well, I've been in detox for the last year. No, nothing serious like alcohol or narcotics. I was recovering from a year-long experience with a 5'2 blonde with spiky hair and a Michigan draw. Aw, come on now, Michigan. Don't be mad at me. Everybody has an off year. Hey, listen, you still have Kristen Bell, and she's an absolute gem. So anyway, getting back to what I was saying is I took a timeout. Getting out of a crappy situation, I think more people need to just stop, take a timeout, recover, and then come back in. I know you get a lot of that advice that says, ah, you just got to get back on that horse. Look, going through something that is equivalent of being kicked in the nuts is something that you shouldn't rush to recover from. I mean, for those of you who can relate, grab a trusted friend, have them give you a nice hoof in the nuts and try to write an essay. It just doesn't happen. Good luck to you. So I took the time out and I focused on self-love. Well, not that type of love. Okay, maybe just a little. 
You know, it's amazing how many things improve when you remove yourself from a toxic relationship and you start focusing on self-love. I mean, I'm financially stable again, I've gotten back into my regular routine, and I've lost all the weight that I had gained in that relationship. But body weight's not the only weight I lost. I also lost all the weight of their emotional baggage and the dark cloud of doom and gloom wherever they went. So now that I'm feeling good, looking good, and have my confidence back, I'm now arriving at the point in my recovery called the testing phase. Now, this has my friends and family a little bit worried, because unfortunately what the testing phase means is I may actually start to attempt to find a new partner. And unfortunately, I haven't had the best choice of people in the past, so they're all asking me, Momo, what are you going to do this time to make sure that you don't fall into the same situation? And to be honest, I don't know. All I really can do is take the learnings from past relationships to make sure that I don't make those mistakes in the future. As an example, the next time I'm intimate with someone and they present me their sexual experience in the form of a resume to try to impress me, that's a dead giveaway that this relationship probably isn't for me. Well, now let's move on to why I stopped the last podcast and now I'm trying to restart it. When I first started the podcast, I was just relatively fresh coming out of that relationship. So the podcast came out like I was trying to explain how to put a piece of IKEA furniture together. I was looking for the instructions. I was cursing because parts wouldn't fit. I was trying to figure out where the pieces go, the stupid L key. Then I figured I'm missing some parts. And so basically I ended up boxing it up and then sending it back as a return because it sucked. So this season, we're going to talk about my journey back to that good place. We're going to talk about my ups and downs, the things I went through, the challenges I faced and how I overcame them and talk a little bit about where I'm going to take this journey from here. So now it's time to put those memories of that relationship in a safe and drop it to the bottom of the lake and throw away the key. Because right now I'm looking good, feeling good and smelling good. And as my brother would say, it's a refreshing change from the usual brotherly love. Don't you just love it? And this has been the week, or more accurately, months in review. It's now time for What Is His Problem? Starring Philbert. Hiya! Hi everyone, I'm Philbert. And I'm here to talk about Momo's problems. Unfortunately, Momo suffers from a very serious disease, Gullibilium suckertitis. And on the street, that's known as gullible sucker. You see, what happens is, when Momo meets a girl that he's attracted to, and she says she's quote-unquote attracted to him, if she's in some sort of trouble, all of a sudden he becomes Dudley Do-Right. He's ready to sail the farm. And he's right in there. I mean, he'll believe anything they have to tell him. Once his ex told him she was at home, but then when he found out she wasn't, she said she was out at Old Navy and was embarrassed, but bought him a pair of pickle socks. You heard me right, pickle socks. Now his therapist told him that this is what's called white knight syndrome. I think it's a lot of BS and just found a way to charge him another 200 bucks an hour. But really, he's still a sucker. I mean, all you need to do is shove a stick up his butt 
slap a Lifesaver t-shirt on him and call him Willy Wonka. Anyway, that's Momo's problems. No lollipops were harmed in the making of this episode. See you next time! So what's been playing in my mind this week came as a result of me watching a couple of YouTube videos. I think the channel was uh, Fail Army or there was another channel called Viper and the YouTube video was titled People Are Stupid. And basically, as you can imagine, it was people trying things or doing things that ended very badly. Now, when you look at these videos, any rational or logical person would have said, this isn't going to work. So you have to ask yourself, what the hell were they thinking? Now, granted, I don't know these people, and for all I know, on a daily basis, they're about as sharp as a bowling ball or think that carte blanche is a name of a new white credit card. But here's the catch. I'm sure some of us have known someone in our lives that, for the most part, they've been a very logical and rational person. But then something happens where they throw logic completely out the window and they proceed on a course of action that's detrimental to them. But how many times have you actually heard, what the hell were you thinking, when it's referring to yourself? Sadly, I'm one of those people that my friends know. In these last few years, there have been several occasions where my friends have wondered the same about me. They look at some of the relationships and the situations those relationships get me in, and they have to ask that question. That happened to you? They did that? They said that? And you just went along with it. What the hell were you thinking? So I'm going to go with the fact that they actually respect me as a logical and rational person and that I had a momentary lapse in judgment where I agreed to, accepted, and had things occur that a rational person necessarily wouldn't. Now that being true, I need to figure out why that was. So wanting to get to the bottom of this, I consulted with some mental health professionals. Now you ready for this? Here's the shock. The problem starts and ends with me. I know, surprising, isn't it? So here's the scenario that plays out. I meet this person and I'm attracted to them. And I don't mean just attracted to them. I mean type of attraction. And for some reason, something gets triggered in me. I go from feeling like I'm worth a million dollars to a buck 75. So clearly there are some underlying self-esteem issues at play here. So this is where it starts to go completely downhill. So if I had to give you an analogy, let's just say we're playing Texas Hold'em and how I would compare the situation would be like if I went all in before the dealer dropped any card with my two cards facing up. Gutsy, but an absolute complete disaster. Actually, I think this is how I got the name Calling Station from the guys at Poker Night. So how this plays out though in the relationship, it really becomes the fact that no matter what they say or what they do, I'm all in. So for those who are listening, the happy, happy, joy, joy side of the room is probably saying, well, what's wrong with that? You're just showing that you're willing to fully commit. And the other half of the room is probably saying, dude, you should be completely committed. I'm going to have to agree with the people who think I should be committed. 
Because what you have to remember is I'm feeling like I'm worth a buck 75. And that translates to me feeling like I'm unworthy to be part of their life. And I'm going to be constantly looking for ways to increase my value to them. So in this situation, I've fully committed. And now my job becomes taking a Fiat and trying to sell it like a Ferrari. As if this situation wasn't complicated already, now enters Dudley Do-Right. If by chance this person is dealing with some problems or challenges, here I come to save the day, because this is now my opening to be able to help them and in turn feel like I've increased my value to them. So if you are a logical, rational person, you know what the outcome of this is going to be, that I basically become an indentured servant who is used like a whipping post. With that relationship foundation now in place and me constantly working at showing my value because I don't feel that I'm worthy to be with them, you begin to cross the lines. You begin to accept things that you really shouldn't. And it gets quite ugly. And it looks something like this. You're right, honey, I'm sorry. I shouldn't be upset at the fact that you are secretly meeting and texting your ex-boyfriends and every guy you dated since 1985. Hell, I don't deserve to be with you and I should just absolutely be grateful that you've decided to choose me. Oh, really? You don't have enough money for a lawyer to help you in your court case with your ex? That's okay, sweetie. Let me get you an attorney and hell, you know what? Let me pay for it and let me supplement your income until you can get back on your feet. You know what, sweetheart? You're absolutely right. I should expect nothing in return for me having to constantly compliment you and dote on you all the time. It's selfish. I can't look myself in the mirror with any self-respect anymore, but as long as you're okay, Pookie. So if you think that that's no big deal, Hey, whatever floats your boat. I guess the point I'm trying to make is whatever you set as a boundary in that circumstance, get ready to cross it. So for this new podcast, let's create our first flamingo. For those of you who are wondering why I have this. No flamingos allowed. At the beginning of the podcast, it's because a flamingo represents a red flag. Why I decided to use flamingos in the first place is because my ex was absolutely obsessed with them. So that represents a real moment in time for me where it wasn't pleasant and I will never forget that a flamingo represents something I need to avoid. So our first flamingo for this season is going to be, if I feel like a buck 75, turn around and run for your life. So now that we've done that, where do I go from here? Well, it's clear that I have to be vigilant all the time. And at the same time, this past year, I have been working on my self-esteem and will continue to do so. As we move forward in the podcast, I'll start talking about things that I'm doing in my life to improve that self-esteem and to avoid that first flamingo. I look back now and honestly, it's something that I can't let happen again. It just takes so much out of me to get back on my feet after it happens. Not to mention the shame that I feel for some of the things that I actually accepted. And it's no word of a lie. I did believe the fact that she lied of where she was because she said she wanted to stop off at Old Navy to pick me up some pickle socks, but she was embarrassed. It's okay. Roll your eyes. What the hell was I thinking?
get serious. So let's get serious for a moment. One of the reasons why you probably checked in today's podcast is you were looking for ways to deal with toxic people. But let's be honest with each other. You already know how to do that. All you need to do is do a Google search on how to deal with toxic people, and there literally are millions and millions of articles on this. And chances are you've read one or two of them, but you're still here, still listening in. So let's consider this part of the podcast a bit of an intervention. Clearly, you have a toxic situation, and you're looking for ways to get out of it. But if you've read any of those articles like I have, the advice is always the same. Get them out of your life. I'm even willing to bet you already know the different types of toxic people that you can meet. There's the toxic controller, the person who always wants to be right, needs you to take on their opinion, and wants to be in charge of the conversation. Then, of course, there's the drama queen, complains all the time, always plays the victim, creates a problem when there isn't one. There's the jealous type, always has to one-up you in a conversation, is very judgmental, and uses criticism constantly. There's the smart butt, who's always right, uses arrogant language and attitude, never sees you at eye level, but always beneath them. Or maybe you're just asking, like, why is it that I seem to be attracting these toxic people into my life? Well, I'm pretty sure that you already know the answer to that question, too. So let me see if I can play an oracle a little bit and predict the type of person that you are. I'm going to say you are somewhat of a generous person. You're also very honest and trusting about your dreams. You're probably also pretty easygoing. And you have this sunny disposition that at some point drives others crazy that you can be so positive so often. And if my prediction serves me correctly, you're also a bit of a bridge builder. You're great of taking two people or, you know, meeting a new person and really building a bridge between the two of you. How close did I get? And of course, I'm skirting the obvious. You know that toxic people are attracted to that. You know that they have such a fractured ego and low self-esteem of themselves that that type of personality is generally what they attract because it makes them feel better about them. But you know all that. But you're still here. So what's going on? Now, you may think I'm being a little bit hard on you, but the reality is the intervention is not only for you, it's for me too. I understand why you're still there. And no matter what information you get, how much advice you get, how many things you read, it's not as easy as they say it is. I knew my ex was lying to me. I knew that she was keeping secrets, that she was sneaking around. I knew that I was being manipulated, and I knew that she was gaslighting me into thinking that all the problems in a relationship were me, and she had nothing to do with it. I knew full well that I was in a relationship with a toxic person, and the best thing that I could do was to get away. And every time I got away, I always took her back, based on promises that I knew she would never keep. There are plenty of reasons why we don't leave toxic relationships. One of those reasons may be because you don't want to be seen as a quitter. Being a quitter has such a negative connotation. Even in a situation where the likelihood of changing things is extremely slim, you always have this sense of not wanting to quit. You could also be feeling afraid. You're in a relationship. You want to be in a relationship. And you're afraid if you let this one go, your chance at happiness will never happen for you again that this is your last chance. And that same fear 
is convincing you that you would rather be with the devil you know than the devil you don't know. We're also ashamed of being wrong. You thought that this person would be a great addition to your life, and you put a lot of hopes and dreams on it, and then it doesn't turn out the way you wanted it to, and you hate to admit that you were wrong. So you hold on to it, again having that false sense of hope that maybe things will change. You might feel obligated to stay with this person. You feel that you owe them something. If I think you are the person that you are, they owe you, but never show appreciation for it. And maybe you're saying to yourself, this is what I deserve. I don't deserve any better than this. So I'm just going to have to live with it. And then you go on digging, looking for the positives of the relationship or even making excuses for them. They've had a tough life and I have to be understanding and I want to be there for them because I want to show them that I'm different. In the end, you're only hurting yourself. I spent a year trying to convince myself if I help this person, they could change, that I could help them understand how they were hurting me, change their behavior and make me happy like I was trying to make them happy. But what I learned along the way is a toxic person may not have chosen to be toxic and their life experience guided them there. But a toxic person is making the choice to remain that way. And the one thing I'm going to tell you that I've had to tell myself, you deserve better. My toxic person was only in my life for a year. And just by being in their presence for that time, it's taken almost a year for me to recover. So let me leave you with this. You have a toxic person in your life. You know what they can do. You know why they're toxic. You know why they're with you. And you know what you need to do to improve things. And the sooner you do it, the sooner you can get back to being you. Life is far too short to spend working on trying to get these negative people out of your life. Well, that's it. That's all. And there ain't no more. Our first episode is a wrap. So, Philbert, what do you think of our first show back? Meh. It's not exactly the triumphant return uh, I expected, but I guess it was okay. Well, I guess that's better than nothing. Say, listen, we're going to do a review next week of one of uh, Alpha M's uh, YouTube postings. Oh, great. It's going to be a testosterone-filled circus. Fantastic. Wow. Don't hold back. Tell me how you really feel. Anyway, forget him. All right, everybody, thanks for listening. And if you have any comments, questions, or concerns, you can always write me at momo at themomoshow.com or you can go to our website, themomoshow.com. Nothing but love for you. And remember, there's always something playing in my mind.